Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview series. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. Today I'm speaking with Jordan Ruck, CTO at RWJ Barnabas Health, about the large-scale implementation that earned his organization Epic Gold Stars Level 10 designation and what he believes helped set his team apart. Ruck also talks about how adopting a metrics-driven approach has helped keep them on track, why adaptability is so critical, particularly during a major transformation, and how his experience in project management has paid dividends. Welcome to Health System CIO's podcast interview series. I'm Kate Gamble, Managing Editor and Director of Social Media. Today I'm speaking with Jordan Ruck, CTO of RJW Barnabas Health, about the large-scale implementation that earned his organization Epic Gold Stars Level 10 designation and what he believes helped set his team apart. Ruck also talks about how adopting a metrics-driven approach has helped keep them on track, why adaptability is so critical, particularly during a major transformation, and how his experience in project management has paid dividends. Yeah, so just wanted to talk about some of the things that you're working on. Definitely want to get some of your perspective and talk about, you know, the Epic rollout, yeah, and then some of your objectives for uh, 2023. Yeah, so we have a lot going on. You brought up one of the big transformations, which has been Epic. So I'm the IT project lead for that and kind of started with the vendor selection process and going through vendor selection involved thousands of people from my organization. And we ended up having pretty unprecedented involvement across the board. So, you know, I think it was three plus thousand uh, individuals who were part of that vendor selection process. And we had fairs and vendor demonstrations. Ultimately, the uh, decision was epic and it was unanimous, but that was certainly interesting. That was probably about three and a half years ago at this point. Okay. And we've been doing rollouts throughout all of 2022 and in 2021. Uh, after kind of having our build finalized. But it was and has been a pretty amazing transformation on the clinical side. So standardizing from many, many, many platforms down to Epic is probably about the largest transformation that any healthcare system can go through. Uh, And it's definitely the largest project we've ever taken on. So it's been fantastic. Yeah. So that's just the clinical side. From an organizational transformation perspective, there's two other major tracks that I've been working on. So I could talk about Epic a lot, but we're also going through kind of a business and business tool and collaboration tool transformation at the same time. So we have decided to standardize our implementation of Microsoft tools. So we negotiated earlier this year to provide that to all of our employees. Nursing at many organizations has no access, as you probably know, to the office suite, like Word, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, Excel, like basic stuff. Yeah. But for, you know, we're a research-minded organization and standardizing on Epic from a clinical perspective kind of showed our entire health system the power of being on one platform. And we're taking that same concept on the business side. So. Yeah. We're moving everyone to 365. Everyone gets teams. Everyone gets, you know, all of those business and collaboration tools. So that's another, it's another example of transformation. 
you know, on the business side. And then on the service side, we have been live with ServiceNow mm -hmm. as a service management platform for IT for the last year or so, and are in the process now of rolling out HR and will, you know, likely go to supply chain and legal and, you know, all of that employee self-service organizational transformation is also happening at the same time. So there's a lot changing in our environments really across the board, which is really exciting. Yeah. So a pretty clear theme is emerging of standardization and, you know, with an organization your size, I can certainly see the need for it. But I, I'm guessing this has really been a long-term goal of standardizing and just, just making those processes smoother. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when any health system grows, the amount that we've grown over the last five or six years, there needs to be a focused effort on standardization or else you end up with kind of a flea market infrastructure. And that's not that's not one that's easy to support. It's not one that's easy to maintain. And it's not one that you know operates efficiently. I've read a lot of the articles that you all have posted. And I think pandemic response really highlighted a lot of things in our industry in particular. But standardization, particularly the types that we've just talked about, mm -hmm. are critically important for us to deliver excellent customer service. I mean, from a clinical perspective, we were kind of in the beginning of rolling out Epic when you know what hit the fan <laughs> right. and our entire team went remote. Uh, we had built out a mega office complex space for three, 400 people, like big with conferencing, training center. It was huge. And we just all went remote and we kind of questioned whether or not we were going to be able to continue the project. We met with Epic leadership. We met with our implementation leadership team and just decided that we're going to keep moving forward. And we actually saw productivity go up. Mm. It was fascinating to be part of an active implementation during that time because it was very metric driven, yeah. right? So our build of Epic and our implementation of Epic is a very measured and project planned, very heavily project planned project. So we knew what our productivity benchmarks were mm -hmm. when everyone packed their desks up and we have you know, evidence to show how efficient that environment can be. We really turned on a dime. We implemented Teams kind of early for that group. So another Microsoft tool, but it really helped and it helped our team stay connected and stay collaborating. And our productivity went up 42% in our project management tracking tool. So I could talk a lot about that too. It was, it was amazing. It is. And um, and I'm sorry, what phase of the rollout were you in when everything had to go to remote? So what we were just been? in the process of standardizing the build and getting uh, a lot of the decisions for the build to happen mm -hmm. right as the pandemic started. So kind yeah. of a bad time because all yeah. of our clinical experts obviously knew what the priorities were. And yeah. what we ended up doing was strategically pausing the ED and the lab and some of the areas that we knew what the focus needed to be for those groups. But we were able to keep uh, the majority of the project moving forward and making decisions so that we could stay on track with our build. Because that period of time was really about making all the decisions and the you know mapping out all of our decision trees and starting the build during that same period of time. And that's why it was so metric driven and so measurable mm -hmm. because the build tasks are all laid out for us, right? We knew exactly what we needed to accomplish once all those decisions were made. Yeah. And we could kind of watch, you know, how quickly we were able to get that build accomplished. Yeah. 
And now when it came time for su- supporting the, the clinicians, the users, how did that happen? What was the, the strategy there? During Go Live? Yeah. So we we have a pretty comprehensive strategy for activation. Go Live support is an area where you know we decided to invest pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. But we have at the elbow support, we have a super user program. So we actually had we've had four major activations and we have you know two more major ones next year. Mm-hmm. But our at the elbow partner had you know over a thousand people at one of our recent activations. And then we supplement that with our own staff for a period of three to six weeks. So we're there shoulder to shoulder during the activation. And it's a key part of our success. If you've looked at all about some of the press coming out of our organization, we're the first to implement at a Gold Stars 10 from an Epic perspective. And there's components of the, the excellent job the build team did during that period where we went remote. There's elements of our approach from an activation and go live support perspective that are part of that Gold Stars 10. So, you know, really a, a great, another measurable outcome that we've been able to achieve. Yeah. But yeah. Our, that, my that's team's really, unbelievable. That's yeah. really the secret. It's not me. Uh, it's not any one person. It's our team. Yeah. But there's, I think, 17 health systems in the world that have this. So it's having a great team, like you said. But I mean, there has to be also more factors. Is there anything else you could share about like processes or just like how you guys were able to do that? Yeah. You know, we took, it's not a mistake. We have a pretty comprehensive approach toward how we manage the project from Mm -hmm. system selection to implementation to go live support, as you mentioned, to optimization. I mean, it's all really taking best available models that Epic, you know, has kind of fine-tuned over the years, but Mm -hmm. also learning from our own team, many of which have a lot of experience implementing Epic at other organizations. So I think our success is built upon many little wins that have happened over the past couple of years. And, you know, I'm just so proud of the team for Gold Stars 10, but also for you know, the feedback we get when we're rounding in, you know, we, our command centers are on site still through the whole thing we've always done in person, oftentimes at the facilities that are going live. So in our last acute wave, we had three freestanding acute hospitals going live at the same time, along with a medical school, cancer hospital, children's hospital, and, you know, walking around and seeing the transformation on the ground as it's happening, hearing the feedback, you know, I'm, I don't know if you consider it to be fortunate or unfortunate, but I had the fortune to also implement the EMR that we were displacing at many of the facilities. So I've been with the organization for about 20 years. Okay. And, you know, I implemented that system. I decommissioned that system. I implemented this system. But to kind of go through that process with all of the clinicians and all the caregivers, you know, is something I'll I'll never forget. It was amazing to see all of the hard work. It was kind of a two-year project before we ever went live anywhere. Mm -hmm. But to see all that work pay off and to see the efficiencies that really started right away was amazing. I mean, we were back to baselines in quality and in finance and in really every area we were measuring before we closed the command center down. So within weeks, we were back to baseline and, and above baseline in many areas. 
And I think the clinical community, you mentioned one of the really important points, which is our go live support strategy. Just, you know, showing that we're there, you know, everyone's wearing colored vests, but the bus is pulled up every morning and we all came out and we're there during each activation. That means a lot. We also had a pretty innovative support desk structure and call structure. So this ties back to ServiceNow, one of the other organizational transformations that my teams have been leading, but our ServiceNow system is integrated into Epic. Okay. So to open a ticket in the past, you know, it's a phone call and it's, oh, what's your workstation name? What's your username? What patient are you looking at? What workflow are you trying to get through? Our integration with ServiceNow and Epic is a single click to open a ticket. It knows who the customer is. It knows the patient that's in context. It knows the workflow. It knows the machine that you're on Mm. and just creates that ticket for you and, and routes it to the correct team to be worked. So the other key is to have a, you know, well-developed incident handling and service platform. With any change of this magnitude, there's going to be issues, right? There's going to be things that you missed or things that need to get tweaked or items that you just don't know about until you activate. And in those cases, having a a really well-developed and thought through service platform, particularly one that is tightly integrated, paid huge dividends for us. So we were able to really quickly act. And that was also recognized by the clinical community to say, wow, you know, I opened this ticket. Now it's already resolved. And the Mm -hmm. whole process of even opening the ticket used to be a phone call. And we're asking all these annoying questions. You have to find the Mm -hmm. machine name, like who knows how to do that. Yeah. Um, So I think that's another important component on the service side. Yeah, that's a huge win. There's always been a, a lot of focus on how to make certain steps easier for the people who are providing care. So I can see that, that really being a big win. And does that tie into the decision to have these big three transformations going on at the same time? That's yeah. a, it's a lot, I'm sure. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's all about customer service, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, that is the business that we're in. We want to provide the best customer service to our clinical and business partners in the mm-hmm. organization. So Epic's a big example of that. I think the business and collaboration tools and the service platform are really three three kind of examples of how we're trying to improve our overall service delivery at RWJ Barnabas Health. Yeah. And there was one thing you said that made, made me uh, think a little bit about how you can't anticipate everything that's going to go wrong, but having something in place to address that, I think that that's a big thing and that can kind of get lost sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about, I feel like I've seen some articles on your site that talk about the implementation life cycle and there's, you know, Mm -hmm. there's this hype period and then you kind of plateau. From our perspective, having that support structure in place really helps narrow that gap right? Mm -hmm. There's a jumping off point when you make any change of this magnitude. And our goal is really to shrink that period of time, shrink that period of uncertainty by doing an excellent job of training is another big area of focus for us. Mm -hmm. The better that we're able to train our customers and make sure they're familiar with this new environment and all the new workflows, the less incidents we're going to have when we go live, the less confusion there's going to be. Our training program was also thrown a huge curveball with the pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. We had planned for me and the team designed all these state-of-the-art training rooms with crazy displays everywhere and smart screens, and we couldn't use any of it uh, because we weren't allowed to do in-person training. So 
we kind of pivoted and we redeveloped our training model to be what we call VILT, so virtual instructor-led training. So okay. we actually bring everyone on site, but they're in a cubicle instead of in a classroom. Okay. And so they can social distance and you know stay safe, but they can also have an environment that's quiet and set up correctly you know, with multiple monitors and whatever equipment and peripherals they need to be trained on in a more controlled environment. So, you know, we didn't elect to have most of our customers just train completely remotely and watch a video Mm -hmm. um, because I think the learning is just different when it's in a controlled environment. So that was another key, I think, to our success is we were able to quickly redevelop a training model that really works in this type of environment. So yeah. virtual instructor-led training, our instructors and our learners were in the same space, like they were in the same building. They just weren't next to each other. Yeah. And that seems like something that you you might have to draw upon in the future, even if it isn't something exactly like COVID, but there's going to be other situations where you need to figure out stuff like that. So to have that blueprint is yeah. big. Yeah. And, and to your question earlier about you know the secrets, <laughs> I think our ability to deal with change is one of our organizational strengths that we keep going back to, right? Whether it's dealing with the pandemic, whether it's adjusting to a new clinical system or a new business system, our ability to adapt to and highly function through periods of transformation is another key strength. The ultimate goal of change is usually stability, right? That's what you're, you're trying to either fix something or stabilize something Yet change itself requires these periods of uncertainty and instability in its very nature. So I think part of our secret is our ability to thrive during change and to, you know, get through it as a team and get through it together, which is our project is Epic Together. That's kind of what we've branded it. Yeah, that's huge, though. You can't really teach. Here's how you deal with change. No, I'm sure it's a combination of that mostly consist of having the right people. Yeah, I think that's right. The one thing that is most important, if I had to pick one, it's pretty easy. It is the people. Um, Mm -hmm. We spent a very significant amount of time interviewing for hundreds of positions that Mm -hmm. we filled as part of this initiative. And the people are the secret. There is no close number two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess uh, part of it is just getting a feel for it and, you know, how they respond to certain things, but that's not always easy, but I guess you have to kind of figure out the right combination when, when talking to someone and really trying to pick up on certain, certain things, I guess, attributes. Yeah. We were fortunate enough that most of our interviewing happened, you know, prior to the, our work environment changing prior Mm -hmm. to the pandemic. So we had a large corporate HR center where we did all the in-person thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews with my leadership team. And that entire leadership team is still intact. It's the same group that, you know, we launched the project with is still heads down working on our next implementation, you know, with the team that we all built together. That's huge. Especially now, you know, we see a lot of movement. So that's a good thing. There's a lot of movement, but our, we have very, very, very low Mm -hmm. turnover. And I think part of it is the the excitement of being first to have an active implementation at a 10. We kind of all knew that we were doing something special. Even when we saw productivity just kind of spike as we went remote, the team yeah. was kind of energized by that. But there's been these 
there's been these huge examples of our collective strength throughout the project to kind of keep the energy up. So it's been fun. Yeah. And for you, kind of looking at your own path, I did see that you have some project management experience. And I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone who said, nah, I didn't get much from that. It seems to really, really be something that that can be advantageous. Yeah, for sure. I think having a background in technology, uh, so I started as a programmer doing HL7 interface programming. So kind of the connections between all the different systems. And then a long period of time, ran a project management office and was a project manager after being a programmer. Having that kind of experience as a project manager and as as a leader of the project management office does really help. Our work is very project oriented, right? I mean, Epic is a just a major project. Yeah. The rollout of Office 365 and Microsoft 365 and Teams is just a major project. So, yeah, I go I go back to that experience quite often. You're 100% right. The other components that help me in particular is kind of having, I have a lot of experience in different areas in IT, programming, project management. I've been a director. I've been a CIO. I've been a chief innovation officer and now a chief technology officer. So I think having that broad experience also also helps when there's questions that need to get answered or there's direction that needs to get set. That's been helpful to go go back to because many of the problems I've seen before in one one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. True. And then an area where you don't have the experience like clinical, you just that's having good people that you can work with and have that's that right. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a really strong informatics program. We have a number of physician leaders that are part of the project, a number of nurse leaders that are part of the project and have been for the beginning. I've known those people for 20 years also. It's really been like a family that we've been blessed with to work through this transformation as well as the ones before it. But yeah, physician advisory group is great on our team. I mean, you don't, you don't have the success you have without great clinical leadership as mm-hmm. well, for sure. Yeah. So you feel like you're in a good place. Yeah, we're we're just fresh out of we had a ambulatory focused activation, you know, a little more than a month ago. So okay. our activation timeline is very busy in 2023. We have some major acute facilities that are going live in 2023, but we're prepared. Our team is well prepared and able to deliver the same quality activation that we've done in the past. Now that we're a little bit more than halfway through, we really have something to point to and to know that that we can do it. So yeah. going into the first activations, it's always kind of like, you know, you feel like you're well prepared. You feel like you've checked all the boxes, but you don't really know until you mm-hmm. go through an activation something's going to shake loose and our team just knocked it out of the park. So we're all, we're all feeling good about 2023. Yeah. Well, congratulations on what your team's been able to do. That's, that's amazing. And, and I appreciate you sharing some of what you guys have done because that's so helpful to other people to just, sometimes you just pick up something here and there, but it helps because so many people are going through the same things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's part of why I wanted to join is to, you know, share that and to learn from others. There's plenty that I need to learn as well. I'm a big proponent of lifelong learning. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.